So, hi, Mac. How are you doing today? Hey, uh, I'm doing pretty good. How about you? I am doing great. So, uh, you are a photographer and a concert photographer, and you do tons of cool work. How long have you been doing that for? Uh, thank you. I've been doing this for about like seven seven years now, I think. Wow. And is that all parts of your photography or just concerts or? Um, so not, I feel like for concerts, it's been about four to five years. Um, seven years would be mostly just portrait work. Okay, sick. How'd you, uh, how'd you end up getting started in concert photography? Um, I always wanted to be a concert photographer. That was actually the reason why I got into photography originally, but I didn't know how to get into doing shows yet. So I just started doing portraiture. And um, one day I just messaged a venue um, in Tampa and was like, hey, I would love to take photos for you guys. And they let me in and uh, that was my first show. And I used that for my portfolio to get the rest of my shows. Wow, that's awesome. Um, you definitely do a lot of both of those aspects of photography. Is there one, do you prefer one over the other? Um, it, I, I don't know. That's such a hard question. I would say for music photography is like what I wish I was doing all the time. Um, I do love portraiture if it's like concepts, um, like more like fun Type of portraiture, I'm, I still really, really love doing that. But I will say concert work is more what I would want to be doing all the time. Yeah, that makes sense. I, uh, I'm i trying to get more into portraits and stuff, but I um I just have trouble with like posing people and like knowing what looks natural and like put, putting ideas into execution. Whereas like mm -hmm. concert photography like they pretty much take all that out of your hands and all you're doing is just kind of documenting what's going on. So it's, it's definitely a weird um, dichotomy there. Uh, what, what, sure. Is there, um, try to think of the best way to put this is there mm -hmm. like, um, like, like how would you describe like you separating your different styles of photography between doing shows and doing portraits? Um, I actually don't think uh, there's much difference when it comes to editing. I think for my style, at least, I really like bright colors. I like a, a little bit of a glow. Um, but I, I mean, I do that in both with my concert work and my portraiture. I don't really think I'm, I change my editing per thing. But to be honest, I honestly edit differently per post. Like I don't really use presets or anything. So. Know. <laughs> you definitely do have a really cool style though i you, you use like a um like a dreamy filter sometimes right yeah i do i don't know i feel like it kind of gives off almost vintage vibes oh, if, wow. if that's, that's what you're going for you. absolutely yeah thank you that's that's something that i've been trying to do more um i've my past couple shows i've been going for like this nostalgic film kind of vibe on my black and whites and it's it's fun mm -hmm. to just kind of play with like different looks and stuff just to see what you can do absolutely and i think that this kind of like vintage style is so in right now 
Um, and I'm not a film photographer in any shape or form. Um, so I just try to like make my own style of it with digital. So. So you do a lot of concept shoots you mentioned. Are there any like favorite types of concepts that you seem to really enjoy doing the most? Um, I, I don't know. I, I, well, yeah, actually the ones that are based on some of my favorite music, cause that's kind of where I get a lot of my concepts from my own is from like my favorite songs and like the meanings behind those songs. And then me trying to visualize it in my own way. Um, that's the ones that I think are my favorite for sure. I, uh, I really like a lot of stuff you do with summer hoop like that 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 stuff looks like a million bucks like especially (sighs) like i think one one of her singles like it was like in a white in like a white pool or something and i thought that was just the coolest thing ever thank you so much that was that literally is what it was it was a pool outside of my backyard and we filled it with like powdered milk and we just threw summer in there and it was in december if i remember correctly so it was so cold um but it was fun yeah yeah people would honestly be really surprised like what goes into shoots because like the end product looks like so grand and spectacular but like the process and the editing is probably like Mm -hmm. the most like it, it would it would like i feel like there's kind of a misconception of like everything we do is so much is so cool and fun and spectacular but i feel like a lot of people that aren't passionate about this would get very bored or not just not have the creativity to make it fun oh absolutely yeah it's not all about the end uh there's i agree with you there's so much that goes on to get that end result um and a lot of it has to do with, you know, before uh, the photos and after and editing, for sure. It's, I think, yeah, people who don't, aren't driven for this type of career and, like, this, like, fun job, like, they won't make it. You know, you have to be creative, like, all the time. You have to be able to think of ideas. And, like, I feel like now that I've been doing this for, a, you know, seven years, like I said, now I know how to do my own process of like making new concepts and like staying fun and like still liking my job, even though I do it every day. Um, you have to, le- you have to learn for sure how to do that. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, you kind of mentioned, it. is this your full-time gig that you're doing photography as? Yes. It's been two years now where this has been my full-time job. Oh gosh. Yeah. It's, it's definitely something, um, I've definitely I don't get as much work as you do, but I've definitely noticed does it ever feel like you're just on call like 24 seven almost like uh, you never yes. really get a break because even if you're not answering messages, you're coming up with like new ideas constantly like there's not really an off switch to this line of work. Oh, absolutely. Uh, 100%. I am on my phone 24 seven and I'm getting gigs like all different types of jobs last minute all the time and so i'm up and out like it's just it's crazy it's a crazy job yeah for sure yeah especially i i hate the social media aspect of it like i know i wouldn't have a job without it but like even if you take away like the networking the um 
the customer service, the ideas, the brainstorming, like you still have to be a full-time content creation manager and salesman for yourself. And it's, it's just the worst. I hate it. <laughs> to be yeah, honest. Our, our job, I feel like has a million jobs in one, you know, it's, it's very stressful. Um, like I said, the only people who stay in this are people who are dedicated to, you know, this, uh, having like being creative you know you have to be dedicated to it if you want this <laughs> so yeah you you um are you based out of uh tampa i'm guessing is that where you're from yes i am based out of tampa i mostly do my work here i travel sometimes but mostly in tampa what are some of your uh your favorite venues and not so favorite oh okay um so Crowbar has fully grown on me. I like shooting there a lot. I think it's just like the people and the vibe and I've learned their lighting by now <laughs> that I like them. Um, Janice is another like top fave for me. I know a lot of people don't like how high the stage is, but I love it. Um, the, okay. I loved the old Orpheum. The new Orpheum is lower on my list. <laughs> um the outside is better than the inside. I'll say that, but um, I don't know. They're not like my super fave anymore. Uh, who else is around here? Thinking. Um, oh, the Ritz. I love the. I really like the Ritz actually. So I mean, Ritz are high up on my list. Honestly, it's, I think it's the Orpheum that's really low on my list. <laughs> Everyone else is pretty good, um, but I'll say Janice is my fave. Yeah, I. I do not like the Orpheum at all. I used to really like it, but that was before I actually shot at good venues. Because mm -hmm. I was like comparing it to like some of the pubs and bars I've shot. And I'm like, oh, this is amazing. And then, I, and then I shot like Janice and Ritz and House of Blues and stuff. I'm like, you know what? The Orpheum mm -hmm. is kind of terrible. Yeah, and, no, for sure. Yeah. And the door guy there is just like, I almost get into a fight with him every time. <laughs> And, That's um, so funny. It's me too. Me too. He he's just an asshole, to be honest. And I'll, and I'll say yeah. that publicly. Like if he wants, if he wants to pull up on me, I'll I'll throw hands. <laughs> but um, I do not think he likes photographers, honestly. <laughs> no, because like he'll take like a one second look at the list. You're not on it. But I see my name right there. You're not on mm -hmm. it. It's right there. Oh, okay. Yeah, here you are. Here's your pass. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then, like, the outdoor stage, like, the lights are positioned weird or something, because I always get this really weird glare on my lens, no matter, like, what angle. Like, I don't um, know if they're facing too direct or something, but maybe it it's... Is. Yeah, I don't... And then, like, I don't know, a lot of times it seems like they don't even, like, use the lights facing the stage. Like, I no. don't know, man. It's... I hate my photos from the Orpheum, usually. <laughs> Yeah, and then I was shooting a show for 152, like a trader's show, at the mm -hmm. indoor Orpheum, and I got concussed. Because oh, people just, yeah. wow. somebody just walked up and punched me in the temple. What the f <laughs> You know, I actually got, um, I almost got a concussion at the Orpheum, but the old Orpheum, years ago. Like, some guy stomped on my face. That venue is just <laughs> crazy. Yeah, it's Ebor is kind of wild because I was just thinking about it because I was at Melkor Dropouts at the Ritz the other day, and mm -hmm. the old Orpheum isn't there anymore. But like, 
it's crazy that like three of the big Tampa venues were all within like three blocks of each other or whatever. Like that's kind of wild. Yeah, and the, I remember years ago the lines would be so long for all of them every day. Like it was just so crazy. It was. It's it kind of. Awesome. I guess it's not the same because the one like Mills Avenue in Orlando is kind of similar, but those are mostly like smaller venues. They're all on the same street. Oh. Because they wow. have like Will's Pub and Grumpy's Underground mm. and Uncle Lou's and there's mm, another I can't them. think of. Honestly, but, yeah. I haven't been out to Orlando much. Yeah, I I like Orlando. I um, House of Blues is sick. Hard oh, that's Rock the Live. only time I go out there. It's for House of Blues for sure. I thought I thought like I went to um the Missionless and White show and um usually on Ticketmaster because I had to get my own ticket just because publications are mean to Semper Metalum and um. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, and usually on Ticketmaster, whatever d- t- the time it says, because I even look at it, even if I have a review ticket, just because it's usually the most accurate, is usually mm-hmm. what time doors are. But no, 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 I sh- I was <laughs> planning on being there at 630 because I thought that's when doors were. But no, doors were at 530. And oh, wow. it was Halloween Horror Nights. So I arrived at like 715. <laughs> And the oh, first no, band no. went on at six thirty, and then Did I was you have interrogated. To go through that, yeah, and then like security interrogated me about my camera gear, even though I had a photo pass. So I missed the second band too. Why are they so? Sometimes they're so easy, and other times they're just just want to make everyone's day harder. I don't understand. The funny part is, is that the guy who was interrogating me. He was even part of the whole photo pit thing. He was just wanting to be an asshole, I guess, because after I finally got through his brain, hey, I have a photo pass. Where the fuck do I go? He was like, oh, you're going to go on the other side of the room. And I'm like, dog, I could have shot this band if you weren't just giving me shit the entire time. Because he was like, oh, where's your stuff in my bag? (laughs) Like, what? Like, what kind of question is that? Yeah, no, they were just bothering to bother you, I'm sure. I swear those people do that on purpose. Yeah, and it's I I I'm honestly just annoyed with photo pass shit. I I I I'm too almost to the point to where I just prefer shooting the local bands because I get paid for it. Like it's it's, honestly agreed, and that's what I where I'm at too right now is I love working with my local people at this point. I'm like I don't really I only try if I really want to like really want to shoot the band. Yeah, that's that, yeah, exactly. Especially because I'm starting to get into the touring thing, and I don't, mm-hmm. I don't really need to do as much one-off type stuff to really get where I want to be now. So, but anyway, enough about me. Um, <laughs> I just like to talk about myself. Um, but, <laughs> you're good. Um, let's see. So. Uh, kind of, cause I uh, we recently did an article about this, and okay. um, on twenty four seventy mag, which this podcast is like the predecessor slash under the umbrella of. It's kind of backwards, but it's okay. about um. So the title is "Woman in the Industry," but it's 
it can be applied to non-men in the industry as a more general right. thing, just basically that anyone that isn't cis straight white guy. But mm-hmm. I was kind of wondering about um about your experience as uh, a non-binary person in the music industry and what kind of challenges and such that you have faced if you feel comfortable talking about it. Absolutely. Um, this is like the one thing I love to talk about. <laughs> so, but um, in the industry, I would say a small part of the industry, honestly, because I haven't, oh, that I've uh, been witness to because I really haven't done too much. But um, I at least say everyone's been, like, at least leaves me alone to do my own thing. But I will say when it comes to growing, it's so much harder because. I feel like you're just looked down on no matter what from um, these bands or like mostly all male cis, you know, white men bands, though, or the music that I'm trying to work in this industry, I guess. But um, it's just, I think at first I had a lot of high hopes because I was getting through this so easily um, where like no one was bothering me. I wasn't having any issues with male photographers in the pit, you know, like it was kind of just like I was doing my own thing. And so um, that was okay until I actually started working with um, like local bands and like getting my name more out there and meeting people and like realizing that, you know, I'll, you know, work with these people that haven't even been doing it as long as I have that are getting these opportunities over me because they're usually male or mass presenting um, and, or they're just friends, you know, like that's just their guy friend that they're going to bring on tour. That's not even really an established photographer, but they're friends with him and he's doing it for free. So we're going to bring him on instead of you, you know, that, that started happening to me a lot. Um, and, uh, I know a lot of my friends too, especially my trans friends have been like fully turned down because they're trans and saying that they like, don't feel comfortable with someone like that on tour and stuff like that. It's actually insane how often that has been happening to a lot of my fellow, uh, trans photographers. Uh, but it's, um, it's, it's just harder, but no matter what, I still think that but on a positive note, I have been seeing so many great women and non-men uh, photographers out there on tour, absolutely kicking ass. And it's just, I don't know, I'm having high hopes. I'm having hopes that things are changing within the scene. Um, and, you know, I think everyone's time comes at a certain time for a reason. And that's just kind of what I got to tell myself regardless. Like people will look at my work and if they want to work with me because they like my work then that's what matters regardless of my gender or you know how i present myself so um it's a it's a struggle but i think you know once you keep pushing through and you make connections and you actually like meet people too i think that's when like a lot of things start changing because they're like oh yeah you know they're uh they're trans or they're a woman but they're really cool we became friends with them and now we're way more comfortable with bringing them on tour than we would have you know so i don't know yeah it's it's kind it's kind of wild actually because i think because you're kind of in the same realm as i am where we kind of do a lot of like pop punk metalcore post-hardcore type shows um you know Mm -hmm. like alternative stuff and I think people get the vibe that um, this genre is very progressive. And in some ways it is. <laughs> but 
like if you look at like Silent Planet, Motionless and White, Holding Absence, you know, like they're super progressive. But on the local mm-hmm. level, like you might as well have gone back 20, 30, 40 years just from the stuff yes. that I've heard and seen. And like even even if like even how people treat each other, much less people that are different from them is just yeah. absolutely wild. And I think and I think it's a big reason why. A lot of people, especially non uh, non cis men, get disillusioned with the industry. From what I've seen, is just because of just how much bullshit there is at the local level. Like I'm a dude, yeah. and I've nearly quit just because it's kind of like high school, to be honest. Oh, like absolutely, it's yeah. basically just mean girls on a just on a massive scale. Mm-hmm. It's, and it's, you it's, know what? it's crazy it's not even just the like local small bands it's also like the older rock bands like i'm saying like you know had their peak in like the early 2000s you know they're still set in their ways so they don't even like bring women or non-men on tour too it's crazy yeah and i think that's what a lot of these bands are learning from because they do shows with these bands opening for them and you know like oh they must be doing something right or i don't know or they mm-hmm. learned it from their older sibling or their parents or something and it's just i feel um olivia who wrote the article that i mentioned put into words really well but really it's like it's almost like into the roots of the music industry because i feel like a lot of the music industry has always been about i don't know it's always been about pushing other people down to make yourself rise up like even looking back mm-hmm. to like how rock got root stealing from uh, african-americans and their yes. and and you know jazz um so it's just it's always been about pushing other people down and it's really it's just sucks to be honest i'm kind of just rambling but you know um yeah i want to actually add the another thing to to this conversation is that um the a big big reason why a lot of female photographers or non-male photographers are um looked down on is because no matter what we are thrown into the fangirl um like box you know even if like i'm not even a fan of your band you know i'm literally just trying to shoot for a magazine or whatever but like I want to say like most of the time we're always thrown in that box. So like we're looked down on for those reasons, which is like another big reason. I think a lot of us don't get brought on a tour because they're like, Oh, we don't trust you because you could be a fangirl or you could be whatever. And that's why they like feel more comfortable bringing their like guy friends on tour. And it's, it's kind of, I don't want to say funny cause it's not, but the ironic thing is a lot of the non-male photographers I know when I bring up when I bring up the subject, they're like, band dudes are gross anyways. Like yeah. like <laughs> I don't I don't like I think I think band dudes kinda overrate their attractiveness. Like I feel like the word has been kind of out to where no but most people don't want to touch them with a ten foot pole just because especially me knowing the stuff that I know, like band dudes are just gross. But right. <laughs> Like we take sh- showers with dude wipes. Like you don't, you don't want know that. <laughs> but <laughs> right, right. Yeah, oh, I it's get that. I, I, that wasn't very. What I just said wasn't very productive to the conversation. But um, 
<laughs> well, what I will say to that, though, is that I will happily wait until a uh, female or non-male uh, musician or band takes me on. <laughs> I will pick that over an all-dude band for sure. <laughs> Oh, dude, yeah, the van gets stinky, bro. (laughs) (laughs) I believe it. I fully believe it. And, like, I just don't even, like, want to... I just know to, like, you know, I might get a little mommy. You know, like, a little, like, okay, guys, we might need to shower today because y'all smell. (laughs) And I know a lot of people don't want to hear that. (laughs) Yeah, it's... Yeah, I I don't know, but... A good thing is, is that... On my last tour, we stayed at mostly truck stops overnight, and it's mm-hmm. kind of expensive, but we didn't have to do the dude wipe thing that often, because you can pay 10, 20 bucks and get a private shower to yourself, so that's, I guess that's a nice little life hack, even though it would have just been cheaper if we went to Plant Fitness, but, you know, there's some <laughs> hey. old-ass dudes. Yeah, true. Hey, at least you're getting clean, that's what matters. <laughs> As a male photographer... Do you, are, are there any things that I or my male f- photographer friends that can do to make your role as a non-male photographer easier at all? Like, is there any, and uh, like, I, I know that, I know that like some parts of that sound kind of obvious, but I was wondering to, what your perspective is, would be on that. Honestly, the only thing I can really think of is to be more fair when you're giving out like opportunities that you can't do anymore or like you can't do for some reason. Um, just be more cautious to, you know, not just send it to your friend, your guy friends or like a guy photographer that gets a lot of jobs. You know what I mean? Maybe like try to give it out to your non-male, uh, photographer friends uh, or upcoming, you know, like people who are still like maybe in their first few years that you think could totally still do it. Um, just giving those chances to more, more of us maybe not. So it makes it more equal. You know what I'm saying? Not like only us, but (laughs) yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I, um, that that's definitely something I personally try to do, like mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I I uh, I think that's a very good idea, and I, you know, I I just think I don't know where I'm going with this, but uh, let's <laughs> uh, you're good, yeah um, so uh, we kind of brought up the filter that we use. I think you said you use like a dreamy filter from Prism, right? Yes, it's the Prism FX lens, I think. Yeah, and um, I think it's the. Is it called Dream? It might be called Dream. I think so. I got it honestly like three or four years ago. Yes, the Dream FX filter. It's funny because I had mine that was kind of similar, except it combined the dreamy effects with the starburst. And Ooh, um, I want the Starburst. Yeah, I I think you would like that one then, because you can still get your dreaminess type stuff with the Starburst. But I had it for like four months and I lost it like instantly. Oh no! And and those things like they're not expensive, but they're not cheap either. So it's not really something you can just like continually <laughs> misplace and get a new one, because you know, like especially like I don't know, but um. Yeah, no, I, with, uh, I, I was wondering. Agree. Yeah, I uh, I was wondering what 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 kind of gear do you generally use to to a concert shoot? Okay, um, so I own my camera is a Sony A seven three, um, 
And for my lenses, I mostly use my 35 millimeter 1.4 Sigma lens and a 85 millimeter 1.4 brand is Samyang. Yeah. And recently I've been using this wide angle lens I have, um, but I never used it for shows because the f-stop is like at 4.8. Um, but recently I've been like forcing myself to use it more. And I, uh, since the Lightroom AI denoise is now a thing, so it's been saving those pictures, but that this one's a 10 to 20 millimeter Sigma lens when I think the F-stop's like, yeah, 4.8. Um, that one's pretty good too, but my favorite, my all time favorite is my 35 millimeter for sure. Man, those, those 1.4 aperture lenses those get mighty tempting like i don't know i i love my 24 to 70 2.8 sigma lens Mm -hmm. but man there are really Mm -hmm. really times even at hard rock where i'm like having having a whole couple stops of aperture would have really Mm -hmm. made a difference especially with like bokeh and stuff and oh yeah depth of field Especially if you're pushing ISO, like 2.8 does not get you that far. So it might mm-hmm. be an investment I have to make someday because I, I... Yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, if you like that look for sure, and the more like we're talking about it right now, I'm thinking and I'm like, I do think that's actually part of my style is the specific gear I use and having such a low F-stop is gives me a more of an ability to have that like dreamier look too. Um especially in like uh big stadiums like uh i shot my chemical romance in a big stadium in connecticut and it was really dark they have like really dark lighting um but i was able to drop my f-stop so low to like 1.4 and those my those were some of my favorite images i've ever taken because of that especially it seems like it would really help at crowbar too because like crowbar's lighting isn't terrible but it honestly just really depends on the night and how they're doing the lights. Like, I feel like my job be a lot easier because I, cause I'm like generally pushing like 8,000 ISO when I'm shooting oh a crowbar gosh. half the time because okay, I have the 2.8, I'm guessing. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I'm so weird. I don't go over like 800 ISO ever. Like, I get too scared. <laughs> so yeah, that's scary for me. <laughs> There was like one night where I was shooting a one five two show and it was like um this juggalo rapper and they had the lights yeah. on natural colors at full blast and I was able to shoot at like one thousand or whatever oh, or yeah eight hundred and it was it was just perfect and I'm like mm-hmm. why can't we just like always do this right oh my gosh I wish that's why I'm saying like crowbar it's getting up there just because I'm learning their lighting. <laughs> Yeah, there was there was one time I was shooting a show there and like the sound guy had no idea what he was doing with the lights and he forgot or I guess didn't know how to turn on the stage facing lights, the ones that face the performers. Mm-hmm. So I shot an entire band that was paying me without any light directly on them. Oh, and eventually no. like I was I I was just freaking ignoring him until he fixed that shit because I'm like, I am not going to 
have my reputation just go to shit because you don't know what the fuck you're doing. Like I didn't say that, but like, you know, like, (laughs) Hey, if you're, if you're shooting, if you're not, not shooting, if you're handling a big show, you should know your way around a light board. I feel like. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. They don't realize how many other jobs depend on them doing that job. (laughs) Yeah. And I see like lying directors too. Like I, I was shooting thousand below when they opened for census fail and mm-hmm. uh, and they had a whole line director and I saw him after I was done shooting and he was like really into it, you know, boosting the highlights and changing colors and stuff. But like for the <laughs> first song, it was like the harshest blue and the harshest green. And I'm like, Ooh. is this guy on meth? Like, how, right. how do you think Ooh. this is good? <laughs> like, I feel mm-hmm. like they should be more cognizant of that, especially the first three songs. Like if you want to get artsy with it, Sure, mm-hmm. but if you're if you know that like photographers only shooting the first three songs, why not make their job job like less hard? I fully agree. I really wish photographers and lighting people talked more so that we could like all be on the same page. Yeah, I mean that's that's one thing that's been kind of nice at the local level is that sometimes depending on the venue, I'll know the sound guy or whatever, and I'll be like, "Hey, can you do this for me?" And they'll be like, "Yeah," or when I'm on tour, sometimes like the local sound lighting person will give me an option or two and I'll, that's kind of nice. But nice. Um, yeah, it's it's definitely annoying and I'm I'm heavily wanting to get there's there's a lot of stuff I want, to be honest, in terms of gear. It, it never seems like we have enough. Yeah, like, there's always something sure. else that we could use. Oh, absolutely. I have a list. <laughs> When I finally get rich from photography, here's all the stuff I'm going to get. Exactly. That's like, that's the little uh, bio for it, too, and everything. It's like, when I get rich, this is what I'll be buying. <laughs> yeah. Did you see um the discourse over the Tesseract post, over the, the merch person and the tips? <sighs> no, I didn't see it. But I mean, I've seen people talk about it, but I didn't see the original post. No. So basically, like, their drummer or singer somebody posted on his Instagram, like, hey, by the way, here's a problem I just noticed about our community. And it seems like merch people are making, like, $30,000 a week off of tips alone when not what? even the band or the cr- or the crew make that much. And, like, so Doesn't now sound we're... Real. Yeah, it doesn't. <laughs> so now, so now, whenever you tip us, um, they'll be split equally between the band, the crew, and the merch person. And everybody's been like, first, um, unless you're like selling merch from for like freaking Queen or somebody, and even then, I doubt it'd be that much. You're not gonna be making no. that much money. And oh. even like, like band dudes and like big photographers are like. Dog, if you're making less than your merch person, you need to reevaluate your business model. Like oh, that absolutely. should not be a thing. <laughs> like merch person is like merch then. <laughs> yeah, like the merch person is like the most entry level job you can get on a tour. And if you're yeah. making less money than them, you need to really reevaluate their shit. Yeah, that's 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 just not real. That that's way over exaggeration or something. Because that's that just wow. Out of all yeah. people I know who do merch, that's doesn't sound right. 
Yeah, especially because, like, it's not as big of a deal on, like, smaller tours or shows, but mm-hmm. those medium-sized runs and the larger runs, like, merch job is, like, a 12-hour job, pretty much, because you're loading in all kinds of stuff, you're setting up, you're, you're mm-hmm. and doing customer service, and it's, like, they, they deserve that people- shit. Exactly. And some merch people literally that's the thing is people think merch people just sit there and sell merch like it's not they do so much more before during and some of them are even also like their social media person or their photographer like merch people usually just there's yeah there's a lot more to it (laughs) for sure. Yeah, I was um, on this last run I did I was TM I was photographer and I was also merch person. So basically, yeah. I didn't get any sleep, and they were oh, like, no. "And they're like, dude, why didn't you get more behind the scenes content?" And I'm like, "Were you were you hanging out by the merch stand, bro? No, right? Well, that's what I thought. <laughs> like, <laughs> dog, you can't. I can't be twenty places at once. Like, do you want people to steal your merch and your money? Like, come on, right. man. If you want, if you want me to be a full time photographer, videographer, whatever, then." you pay for a merch person so that i don't have to split my jobs (laughs) exactly like i don't i don't know man um but um so talked about so um when it comes to if do you have any dream venues you'd love to shoot at someday or any dream cities you'd like to visit? Hmm. Hmm. I'm not a big venue person because like remembering the names or anything. So but I would love to be able to shoot like Madison Square Garden. I just because that's like the one of the coolest venues that i've heard about my entire life like all my favorites were able to shoot like not to be able to play there and that it just seemed like such a big thing um that i would like to do that once um but no i mean i've shot in like little oh i don't know i really want to shoot in atlanta like i want to go to atlanta and shoot i've never been there like shoot a show or something i've never seen any of the venues or anything but um i've shot plenty in new york um and I've shot in California. So to me, I'm like, I've hit the big spots <laughs> already. So I don't really know. But I would love to play. I mean, I would love to play. Oh, my God. I would love to shoot everywhere. <laughs> any venue. Cool. And if if there was like a dream band for you to go on tour with, who would it be? Uh, oh, man. Um, I mean if anyone knows me they know like my chemical romance is like um a really important band to me so like i would say them but at the same time i don't really think i would want to do that because you know they're like too much of my favorites that i don't really want to work with them um but i would say probably paramore um would just be an awesome opportunity i don't know i'm kind of i love paramore Awesome. Yeah, I I kind of feel the same. Like, I don't know. Um, it's kind of you, you kind of learn people on like a weird personal level when you spend a lot of time with them, like on the road and stuff. So yeah. like, I always I always dreamed about like shooting for Silent Planet. But mm-hmm. honestly, like, I don't I don't feel like it really works out that way that often to where you end up shooting your favorite band. Like, 
The oh, biggest tour yeah. I've, I've been on so far was like a 15 day run with a ska band. And dog, I do not listen to ska. <laughs> like, you <laughs> right. know, like it's just, I feel like in this line of work, you kind of just take what you can get. And if it's a good opportunity, you'll take it. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I'll do a pop band. I mean, I'll do a pop artist. I'll do, I'll, I mean, I might not do country. Sorry. But like anything else. I'm there. I'll do it. Whatever. Yeah, I um, I it's it's something. I shot a blues festival and a guy had a heart attack on. It wasn't like a big festival. It was like a small town winery thing, and this and this like sixty year old dude had a heart attack on the massage table. So there were like oh ambulances God. checking him out while one of the bands was playing. It was kind of wild. That is wild. Oh my, yeah. See, I feel like when when you're shooting shows, especially like at festivals and stuff, something's going on all the time. Something's happening. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I um. So to kind of start to wrap up a little bit. Okay. If that's all good with you, I'm just kind of okay. drained today. Uh, but, <laughs> you're good. Uh, um. So if you could tell Mac who picked up a camera for the first time any piece of advice, what would you tell them? Um, I would tell them to put yourself in the community, like push yourself to meet other creatives in your community. Um, if that is the gay community or if that is just the music community in Tampa, um, or just the creative community in Tampa, like you really need to do that. Cause that is when everything started for me was when I finally, and I waited too long. I waited like a good four years before I did this. I thought I could do everything on my own. And what I really needed to do was trust in my community, make good friends, make good connections. And that's what really would have pushed me to do that earlier <laughs> for sure. Yeah, that's, that's a big mistake. I see a lot of people making is like, They'll like hop immediately to try to do photo passes and shit, which is like mm -hmm. really cool to like shoot some of your favorite bands. But like, are you meeting bands doing that? Are you no. meeting other photographers really doing that? Not really. So like, no. wh where is that actually getting you by doing that so early? Is the biggest thing I learned, and I feel like people told me this all the time, and it really, really annoyed me. What was the saying of like? The music industry is all about connections. And I hated that, you know, because I was a really uh, reclusive person. Like, I really did not have a lot of friends. I didn't go to a lot of shows, like, a lot of shows to, like, talk to people. I would go to shows just for myself, you know. And But when I finally started taking that advice and I started really trying to make friends and connections and work with others and collab and everything, like, that was when everything really, really started for me, sure. Yeah, without a doubt. But anyway, I think that's a good note to end on. It was really fun hanging out with you today, Mac. What's uh what's your Instagram by the way? I'm not sure if we got that on audio. Um my Instagram is Mnox Media, so just like M K N O X and then media. And uh what's the best way to, to reach out to you if somebody listens to this and wants to and wants to book you? Uh, probably uh, you could do it through DMs or you could do it on my website. I have a booking form on my website and the links in my bio on Instagram. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Mac. Thank you. Thank you, Jackson.